as an investor, buying a business with an established management team in place has lots of benefits, but it's really important to understand what you're buying. Hi, I'm Ali Kane, and I'm the host of the Buy That Business podcast. Each episode, we talk to expert business brokers about everything you need to know when it comes to buying and selling a business. Today, we're lucky enough to have Steve Finn, the founder of Finn Business Sales. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Thanks, Ali. It's good to be here. I've seen and listened to all of them, so um, I feel like I'm under pressure. (laughs) No, no pressure at all. So it's great to start by giving the audience a little bit of background about who you are and how you got to be where you are today. So, yeah, myself and my business partner, Len Ferguson, we started um, Finn Business Sales oh, probably 20 years ago almost. And uh, I, we tossed a coin as to whose name would be on the, uh, on the door. And, yeah, I, I won, so everyone thinks that I do everything. But he kind of likes that because uh, then he's in the, back, in the background. So then I kind of actually, now I think of it, I do end up having to do most things. I've never <laughs> realised that, but I'll have to talk to him about that. We started doing business sales that long ago and, which kind of grew and grew doing trying to do a good job for people. And we're the largest business seller, business sales group in, in Australia. We've grown to now. And we have people all around the country sort of using our system and how we brand. And I guess, and I've sort of kept doing it over the years myself as well and sort of really enjoy it, I suppose. Once you sort of find something you kind of enjoy, you keep, keep doing it. And um, through that time, I've seen a lot of people um, dealt with, you know, thousands of people buying things and just, you pick up all the things they look for and you get to see over the years what what they bought and what they didn't buy and you know what worked out so i guess you sort of all this you know goes into being sort of a fair bit of knowledge that you end up having so that's kind of where i'm at so that's a great segue into talking about well you know what should an investor look for if they do want to buy a business that has that management team set up a lot of people contact us you know wanting to buy a business um that they can have under management or or they might want to buy a business that is already, you know, got a management team in place. It sort of just depends. Sometimes it's an investor that's buying, you know, for financial reasons, just to have an investment, you know, to have something to sort of look after and oversee. Others, it's a acquisition, you know, where one business will buy another, um, you know, for whatever their reasons might be as well. I guess some of the things that I've I've picked up along the way is, you can't just buy any business and then, you know, have have put a management team in place or have a, have a manager in place. And sometimes the definition of a manager, oh, people say it's under management, but sometimes it's not really. Like it's, um, it's I'd sort of call it more like it's under, sometimes it's more under supervision. Right. And I guess the two differences are there might be, uh, you know, what's the definition of management? So that's sort of just depends. That's it's quite a broad broad term. So. Sometimes there's, there's like a someone who's the man who's the in in the in the business each day, just kind of keeping an eye on it. Yep. And um, but if they left, there's not much below them in terms of layers. Yeah. And sometimes it's you know un, the management model might be a team of you know where there's a managing there's a general manager and then there's another four managers underneath that that person in different uh, departments. Yeah. So if someone leaves, you know, others can cover for a while while there's that while someone else is found, and that just gives you more layers then as that the person who ultimately has put their money into that business. 
Yeah. I, I think for me, you know, if it's a proper management team, there's defined reporting structures, um, there's KPIs the business has to um, hit and, you know, a strategy in place. Is that what you would yeah, say? Definitely. Yeah, that's right. That, that That's the level of, you know, having a business that's under full management. I guess the difference is, though, like, and this, the people who are, everyone who's listening and watching this particular podcast here, like some people will be, you know, from a corporate background, they've got other businesses, they're buying businesses. For them, that's normal. That's what they would expect. They're not going to buy a business unless it's got, you know, that sort of thing that's in place or pretty close to it. But on the other other end, there'll be other people who are listening, watching, who, you know, they're more in the SME market. So they might, they're just looking to kind of buy a small business, but they don't necessarily want to work in there every day. But that business... It, well, it can lend some of the things from that corporate structure you're saying. It just doesn't have the, you know, it doesn't make enough money to be able to pay a lot of people to have a full management team. There might be one manager, one, that's it, you know, and then some staff. Uh, or there might be a manager and an assistant manager, you know, but the assistant manager might be 20, 22 years old. Yeah. You know, so it's just different. It's just different. So I think, you know, for the purpose of today's discussion, Think the corporate side that's that's a given you know so we we know that that's what needs to be in place the only thing i'd say about that is you know you just if someone if a, your business buying another one obviously you'll know that industry otherwise you wouldn't be doing it yeah and if you're a pro, in private equity you're going to know that because you wouldn't be doing it so it's more around this the smaller mark maybe the we kind of have a limit where i think if it's under two million dollars yeah in enterprise value so in the value of the business that sells generally it's one family buying it off another family. Sure. It's not so much a corporate acquisition when it's below that couple of million dollar mark because the business at that level probably makes any, you know, maximum, you know, six or $700,000 profit. So at that level for a corporate type business, it's not enough money generally to add much, you know, to make much difference to them. But to a, reg to a family, it's, good, it's a good amount of money. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I can imagine that, you know, with the figures, something like 80% of all businesses in Australia are small businesses. There's a lot of action at that level. Huge amount. This is where most of it is. That's exactly right. So, and I think the things that I was just going to sort of pass on that I've picked up over that time is really what you want to look for is um, there's some businesses that you can't really buy and necessarily put under management or have a manager in. Yeah. It's just that the, the, you need to have the certain boxes that need to be ticked to be able to do it. Otherwise, as soon as one thing goes wrong, you're in there. You know, you're going to be the one person who's in there now. Yes. If you've got a job, you know, or you've got other things that you do or you just don't have the time to be able to do that, if you can't get in there and be the person who needs to go in and, and, and run things while, that, while your manager's gone, yep. then um, that whole investment of yours is now at massive risk. So you might have put $400,000 into it. Yep. And believe me, within a year, that business can be worth, you might have paid 400 for it and was making that amount of money. If you do six or 12 months where it's sort of left to its largely its own devices, you're trying your best, you've probably got a crap life while this is going on because you're trying to do everything. You can't do anything, anything when your time's under pressure. That business can, can be worth 150 grand within a year. Oh, wow. So you can lose that amount of, that amount of capital value in your business if it's like that. So you just got to be mindful of um of that before we buy something i think most people are but but not everyone is because they'll come to us and sell them when they're at that point oh, i bought this for 400 you know i've been able to sort of handle it etc now we need to sell it and i want my 400 back and we'll say well now it's not worth that because the returns that it's making it might have done it in the past but it, people buy it on what it's mainly been doing now you know 
What a sad situation when that happens. Happens happens a lot. Like it's, I'm not saying it happens every time, obviously, but of, I would say it happens in, um, you know, say if you just look at people who buy a business for that reason, not to necessarily work in it themselves all the time. I reckon it happens 25% of the time. Wow. So they'll buy it and because it's sort of like, oh, that person's a good manager or there'll be a family member. Oh, my brother or sister's going to come in and run it. So they sort of feel safe in a family member. They're not going to let me down and they are reliable and trustworthy, but they're like things in their life can change too. You know, they get offered a, a job somewhere for 50 grand a year more. Well, you know, they're going to take it. Mm, absolutely. Things like that. That's the stuff that sort of ends up happening. So I personally, because I look at a lot of things that I would buy and I'm interested in buying. Yep. But um, for me, I can't be that first cab off the rank. Like I need probably two layers in between, you know? So there's that manager that's there. Then I need another layer who can come in if that something goes wrong and I probably need another layer just in case. And for me, then I'd feel safe. If I've only got one layer, I'd be like, what if that one layer goes? Now I'm in trouble with the rest of all my time, you know? So I guess the advice to investors or prospective business owners is to check that those layers are in place when you do due due diligence yes that's right or you or what you do is you you say the business makes um three hundred thousand dollars now yeah. and what you do is you might then structure it differently and say okay i, I bought this business and it's making three hundred thousand dollars but i'm gonna put layers in and uh these layers are going to cost me a hundred thousand dollars a year yeah. you know to have extra people doing other things and whatever so that i know that that gives me that security. So now that's fine. I'm now only going to make $200,000 a year, but I know it's so much more secure. Yes. And so much more safe that way. That's the better way to actually do it rather than try to eke every dollar out of it and not have layers because um, it just the, the ripple effect damages too many of your other things. So do you see people do that, that, you know, they might buy a business that was run by the owner and then put in layers of management um, even though it'll add cost in the knowledge that they're protecting their asset? It doesn't happen enough, actually. Yep. Some people, the, the ones that have bought multiple businesses like that, they do it because they know, they realise, you know, ah, okay, I'm going to make sure that, so this makes 300 for me. And look, that's probably a bit of an exaggeration, 300 down to sort of, down to 200, but you would, they might put, um, they might put an extra person on yeah. and that and that's a hundred grand and that's gets spread across the three businesses now and that's another floating person. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That's sort of how they might that's how they kind of might do it. So therefore, you know, then that business was making three hundred to the previous owner. Now for them it's making two fifty or whatever, but that's fine because it works in with their bigger, bigger structure. And it becomes more passive then. So the a lower dollar return on a passive input from the investor or the owner is fine yeah that's right so um what are some red flags that investors should be aware of when they might be buying a business with a basic management team in place or even a broader management team in place so if i was going to go first buy something i'm talking here sort of more in the, the sme space you know that under two mil yep i would look for um uh, I'd, I'd look for things like what was the current owner doing? What was their role? Yep. And how critical were they? Yep. Um, into driving every driving things. Yep. I wouldn't so much be worried about operations. The main way I'd be worried about is sales. Like, are they critical to drive sales? Really? Yeah. So um, that'd be one thing I'd look for. The other thing is um, 
team and how old they are and where they're at in life and how long they've been at the business and you know are they how likely are some of the key people you know to be able to stay yeah maybe how easy it is for them to go out and set up in competition yeah so some businesses you can't really do it but some some you can yeah because they might come along as a change and then you know they just go i'll go set up myself myself so i think i'd probably look for that for that sort of stuff and then the other thing is stability of income like because if it's declining um then it's you've got to turn it around now you know so it's sort of better to pay a little bit more for a business that's yeah. quite stable or, or slightly growing and to pay a higher multiple for that rather than one that's necessarily declining unless you're really especially if it's only your first one you're buying or your second you know because that's not many do you ever see investors or buyers buy a business and then keep you know the the previous owner in place as part of the management team for continuity or uh, yes this is a great idea. So at the gym that, that I go to, uh, this guy's ran this gym. It's just a private gym, not part of a chain. Yep. And he's done a great job um, there. And it's ac it actually got bought out um, by another larger business. They bought it out. but And it's a chance for him. I'm guessing he's about kind of late 50s. So he was able to then, so basically they bought it off him. And then they said, can you keep running it? He said, yeah, I'd love to. I actually really enjoy it. Um, but so it's a perfect scenario there because he's they're comfortable obviously for the reasons you know that we know he's happy he's got some money off the table and that that can be done sometimes we'll structure that i think in that case they bought all of it they might buy 60 or 80 percent now yep and then another 20 percent you know in a couple of years time another 20 percent in a couple of years time so he can they can take a lot of money off the table now and go and invest that or put it into super and then get another couple of chunks and quite enjoy because sorry, Alan, you didn't ask me this, but this is sort of relevant to this that particular guy who's that owner then in that, that case. Because a lot of people don't want to sell. And some people who are listening and watching today will know this as a business owner. Sometimes you don't want to sell because you actually don't know what you're going to do next. Like you know that you should and if someone owes you money and everything, but it's actually becomes more of a human thing. It's like, well, what am I if someone comes and what am I going to do next? And this is part of my identity, what I do every day. So if if you can solve that problem for that owner by saying, hey, guess what you're going to be doing next? The same as what you were doing. So you've cashed in on what you've built, built up over the years too. And, and that structure that you described means everyone's got skin in the game. The previous owner is incentivized to make it work and so does the new owner. And then, you know, you get the little um, extra kick along um, in a few years' time. So, you know, you, you've got more money coming. It's the perfect situation. It's, it is, yeah. And like, like for us, like a lot of people contact us to sell and I reckon too many contact us to sell sort of, it's like a, as a reactive, um, negative thing, you know, I've had enough or, you know, if something's happened, whatever, it's often, often always from, I reckon 80% of the time it's sort of from a, for a negative reason. Yeah. Whereas so much, like for, I really wish people would come to us a lot more and say, hey, look, I actually kind of don't want to sell. I'm not kind of enjoying it, but I've, I know I've been here a while and I do want to be able to, you know, get a good price for my business, but I'm sort of happy to keep doing. It. Can you help me sell this, where where someone might buy it off me? Yeah. Um, can you do that for us? And I just think so. It does happen, but it doesn't happen enough. They need, more business owners need to come to us and do that. It's so much better. You're not. They're not under pressure to sell. They're like, and then, then for us, we're like, cool. We've got like, we don't have to get it done in three months. You know, it's not a fire sale. We've got. We could get it. We could take twelve months. It's no problem. You know, let's just find the right fit. It's gold. That's the way to do it. 
And do you find that, you know, banks, are they, they like that approach as well? Are they more happy to fund that sort of approach? Yeah, well, yes, definitely. It's, the, it largely depends on the buyer and their funding structure and their own personal sector. They're the ones taking down the financial risk. But yes, of course, yeah, if, that's a tick. If you go in the bank and go, look, I'm buying, you know, here's how I'm doing it, um, then they're going to like that. It's same as you and I. If we're lending that money, we'd prefer that, wouldn't we? It's safer. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. So, Steve, we're coming towards the end of the podcast, but I always like to ask my guests at the end of it, what's your best piece of advice for someone in this situation that wants to buy into a business that has a basic management uh, structure in place? What's the best way to make, make a successful transaction? Okay, so I think what you've got to do is... Um, Financially, to get a business that's you know got that type of thing in place, it's got to be making a decent amount of money. Yeah. So I think you've got to have something that's making the average wage is what about eighty thousand dollars, you know, in Australia. But that doesn't get you far. So if you call it a hundred thousand, that you know a person's got to be able to get to just kind of get by. Yeah. You know, average person, average age. I know it's different if you're twenty and you live at home. <laughs> but a hundred thousand dollars. Well, you've I think you've got to buy a business. That makes at least three times that in terms of its profit. So yeah. if you've got a business that makes that, or at least two times, we'll say two to three times, so about two or three hundred thousand dollars, and at that level, now you've got quite a good amount of profit to be able to to be able to deal with it. That gives you a buffer in itself. So that's the first thing, and then the second part to that is now you now find that business that's making that sort of money that's quite stable. And it might already have some management in place and you might add to it or it might be all around the owner, but you might then add to it as well or, or it might be fully in place and you leave it. Either way, I think if you've got that buffer of money, you're set up quite well to begin with because you're not under financial pressure. If I was to buy a business that makes 300000 the first thing I'd think of is what's going to happen? I would actually do my numbers and assume that I'm going to lose 100000 of that in profit for some reason. Something's going to go wrong. I don't know what the reason is going to be, but if then it starts to put pressure on me, now I'm down to only 200 grand because I've got loans and I need to live and everything, well, then now I've got a problem. So I wouldn't buy it. Mm. So it's just a matter of sort of getting it structured so that, you know, in your worst case scenario, you always you set it up so that you're pretty safe that way. And then part of that is then obviously having that management team in place. Great advice. Thanks so much for your time today, Steve. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. No worries, Ali. Thanks a lot. So that's all we've got time for today. If you'd like to get in touch with our guest, please go to the contact details at the bottom of the uh, podcast and get in touch. Thanks so much and goodbye.